It is Friday, December 18th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 15 Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me again are Jared Smola and Tyler Syracuse. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared pulled the season standings closer with his fourth win in the Crown His Ass Challenge last week. Tell us about your week 14 there, Smoterboat. Yeah, I mean, I guess you guys lost this more than I won it because, you know, that my lineup didn't end up cashing in 50-50s. I did end up changing a bit, I, you know, and it, this was one of the things that pissed me off last week. I ended up moving from Barrios to... Rashad Perriman when Jamison Crowder ended up active and then down from Seahawks D to Eagles D that the Perriman C there or sorry the Barrio Seahawks team did better Barrios outscored Perriman despite running eight routes in that game um, so that was annoying uh, the Jordan Aikens wide open drop in the end zone was annoying uh, Michael Gallup led the Cowboys in targets including an end zone target that he dropped so that was annoying so um, frustrating week I'm pretty happy with the the team I, I put together though. I don't think I made any you know major mistakes Mm-hmm. Tyler, what about you? How did week 14 treat you on DK? Uh, unfortunately, I had some pretty major regrets too. We were talking when we got the Jamison Crowder news in our group chat and I was considering a two versus two switch and I ended up keeping Barrios and the Saints defense and uh, the Saints defense was the highest price defense on the slate and they got one point against Philly. Uh, I was going to pivot to Perriman and Washington defense, which would have been enough for me to win this contest and cash in 50-50s because Washington outscored the Saints by over 20 points. So I definitely regretted that. I didn't really have any other regrets. I had Justin Herbert. I had David Montgomery. I had Devontae Adams. And then Austin Eckler was like 15% owned. And I thought he was an excellent play and he definitely came through for me. But Unfortunately, the defense kind of cost me last week, and that's going to happen from time to time. You should have just followed me to the Cowboys defense there, Tyler. Unfortunately, my lineup sucked outside of the Cowboys D and Jonathan Taylor. I think the decisions were okay. Minnesota's passing game did not deliver against Tampa. I knew that was kind of a risky play. Braxton Berrios outscored Adam Thielen last week, nearly (laughs) matched Marvin Jones. Really, I should have known I was dooming myself just by landing on Marvin Jones in these contests, Mr. Boom Bust. So that's probably not going to happen again, so he'll go off this week. Aaron Jones, of course, let all fantasy owners down last week. I had a feeling going in that I should have gotten to Derrick Henry instead of settling on that Jones. But, you know, we'll see what I do to mess up my lineup this week. The season race now stands at five wins apiece for me and Tyler, four for Mr. Smola, three weeks left to go. We will all be back at it this week. We will show you who we're playing against each other on Saturday in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, Jared, please hit us with some cash QBs. Yeah, honestly, I don't know who I'm playing at quarterback and cash right now. You know, I, I don't look at DraftKings until Friday morning after I've sort of, you know, researched the entire slate. We do our podcast on Thursday. I feel pretty good by that point. So I opened it up Friday morning. I was all set to play Taysom Hill at 6000 bucks as my cash quarterback then like an hour after i pu- published my article we get the drew Brees news so i don't know i mean Brees is right there at 100 cheaper i kind of don't want to play him in cash in his first game back off you know a pretty serious rib long injury i um, you know jalen hurts is there at 5900 bucks kyler murray is attractive to me you know he, he's the guy i'm gonna talk about for the gpp 
side. Um, I might try to get up to him in cash, but honestly, at this point, I'm not sure. So I want to hear what you guys are thinking for cash. Tyler, why don't you go ahead next one? For me, it's definitely going to be Drew Brees priced as the QB 11 on DraftKings. Um, he had a pretty significant thumb injury last season and he stepped right back into his normal role and he didn't have, you know, he missed more games last season and he jumped right back in and was effective right away. So I'm not too concerned about this rib injury. I read a report that said he wears protective gear on his ribs, even when he's not injured. So I don't think it's going to be anything different. They're playing in the Superdome. I expect him to get the 300 yard bonus. I expect a lot of points in this game. So I have no problem going to him in cash priced under $6,000. I think he's a pretty easy QB one this week. Yeah. I'm not scared about Drew Brees with the injury either. I mean, uh, Sean Payton said that they weren't going to play him before they thought that he was ready. So I, I think that, you know, to me, it's, it seems like he's ready to play in this game and Drew Brees is fairly reliable when he's on the field and this should be a shootout matchup. So he's certainly a consideration for me. 5,900. I think I, I prefer him and Phillip rivers over Jalen hurts at that level, I'm not calling Jalen Hurts a bad play. He certainly could pay off. He certainly did last week, and he's not too much more expensive this week. I think the range of potential outcomes for Jalen Hurts, though, dips lower than it does for Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees this week. Yeah, that's fair. You know, a guy's only made one star. There's probably more risk there than a lot of people are, are admitting at this point. The other guy I'm considering for cash, too, is, is Jared Goff at 6,300, you know, just in, in, in the matchup against the Jets. I don't, I'm not sure there's like a massive ceiling there just because we've seen the Jets are just so uncompetitive in these games. But I think Goff's a pretty safe bet, you know get you two to three passing touchdowns in this game. Yeah, Goff is also on my list for cash consideration. On the GPP side, I'm surprised at the early ownership projection for Goff, just 3.7% as of midday Friday. I think, I mean, the 300-yard bonus, three-plus touchdowns are, are clearly within reach for him in this matchup against the Jets. There's two good wide receiver stacking options. There's low-cost tight end stacking options. So I'm surprised that there's not more ownership on Goff. Maybe it's just a matter of there being so many quarterbacks on this slate. But if it stays down there, he's going to be a must-play sum for me. Tyler, what do you like at GPP quarterback? There's not a whole lot I like at, at quarterback this week. I think I'm just going to have four quarterbacks in play. So it's definitely going to be Drew Brees and Patty Mahomes in the same game. That's going to be my favorite game stack of the week. I like the value of Jalen Hurts. He has a little bit better of a price on FanDuel, but he's still in play over on DraftKings. And then Mitch Trubisky is going to be my fourth option. Priced at 5500 He's been a top 10 QB since he took over for Nick Foles. He's got a really good matchup against the Vikings. Still underpriced, and they're playing in a dome. And he's got easy stacking partner with Allen Robinson. So I have no problem uh, playing Trubisky in like 15 20% of my lineups this week. Jared, what about you? Yeah, Kyler Murray for me in tournaments. I, I was all in on Herbert last week. I might be all in on Kyler as my tournament quarterback this week. 7000 bucks. I mean, he's 1500 cheaper than his peak price. His price has been coming down as he's been disappointing for the past month now. But I mean, remember this guy through eight weeks or whatever was on pace to score the most fantasy points by quarterback of all time. The shoulder is off the injury report. So I don't think that's an issue anymore. We saw him get 13 carries. Last week, that was one of his highest totals of the season. I think this is a good matchup for Kyler, both on the ground and through the air. Um, the Eagles have struggled with mobile quarterbacks, gave up over 100 yards to Lamar Jackson, gave up two pretty big rushing games to Daniel Jones. And then the, the pass defense, you know, 22nd in football outsiders, DVOA, 20th in adjusted points allowed two quarterbacks and they're dealing with a bunch of injuries in the secondary. Yeah. I really like Kyler Murray this week as well. And I love the clear stack with Deandre Hopkins. I mean, you, there's no real decision to make here. It's, it's easy. Whereas uh, with Patrick Mahomes at the high end at quarterback, you have Tyree kill uh, Travis Kelsey. Do you get more than one of them? 
Um, he's Hopkins is cheaper than Tyree kill. He's cheaper than DK Metcalf. He's cheaper even than Calvin Ridley this week, at least as much upside to him as anyone else. So I, I like the Kyler Murray, Deandre Hopkins stack very much for GPP at quarterback. Tyler, get us started with cash running backs. Cash running back. I think the best play on the slate is going to be Alvin Kamara. He's the top ranked guy in the draft sharks model priced at $7,400. He's the running back three, but he should be closer to nine K with the targets he was seeing with Drew Brees. He had over eight plus targets in every game with Drew Brees besides two. So if we're projecting him for like six to 10 targets, plus his 12 to 16 carries in a good matchup against the Chiefs, he's definitely going to score over 20 DraftKings points. Priced at 7,400, he's a he's a pretty easy play this week. After that, it gets a little bit challenging. I know Chase Edmonds and Jeff Wilson and then CEH are the next guys in the Draft Sharks model. Doesn't seem like any of them are really in play especially uh, with Raheem Mostert um, declared that he is going to play. He's no longer on the injury report. So that takes Jeff Wilson out of play. Chase Edmonds just doesn't see enough usage with Kenyon Drake there. And then CEH has been really bad and he's in a tough matchup against the Saints. So I'd expect the Chiefs to go pretty pass heavy uh, once again this week. Yeah, I agree with those. Jared, what do you got? I I think Kamara is the first guy in now with the, you know, with Breeze back in Chase Edmonds is dealing with an ankle injury. He's questionable. So actually if he, if he doesn't play on Sunday, I think Kenny and Drake becomes a cash game option at 5,500 bucks. Um, I think Cam Akers is the other guy who stands out at 6,600, you know, Rams, huge home favorites with a huge implied total against the jets. Akers has seen 50 carries um, over the last two games. Now I, I, you know, I swore I was going to play Derek Henry in cash and I was still leaning that way until I guess the Drew Brees, News broke now with Kamara in there. I think there's a chance I don't end up playing Henry, but I think Henry even at 9,500 bucks is you know well worth considering for cash games. Yeah, I think it's possible too to put him and Alvin Kamara in the same lineup, but we'll yep. get to that. I think on the GPP side a little bit more. Neither of you guys mentioned Leonard Fournette at 4,500 bucks. Are you not playing him for cash this week? Haven't decided yet, but I think I'm going to be playing him. Yeah, priced at $4,500. Ronald Jones is out, so he should be the guy. I'd expect Lashawn McCoy to get like five to six touches, but I think we can project Fournette for like 15 plus. Yeah, I, I guess I don't completely trust the usage and it's actually a tough-ish matchup on the ground. Um, I, I think he, he's a good value at 4,500. I just, you know, you can only play three running backs and I, I don't think he's in my top three. I might end up playing him if it, you know, allows me to do something else at one of the other positions, but he's not in my my top three right now for cash game running backs. Yeah, I I don't want to trust him in the situation. Byron Leftwich said something about how it's nice to have a guy like Leonard Fournette to lean on. So it sounds like he's going to be their lead running back here. You know, we'll see once the game starts what actually happens. But 4500 is a great price, and it does help fit some of those higher-priced guys. I think on the GPP side, you know, I was just talking about fitting Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry together. That would certainly help to have a $4,500 running back at flex to make that your three-running back lineup. I'm not sure that I'm going to settle on that either because Leonard Fournette's already at about 20% projected ownership. It's probably going to grow as we get into the weekend. And I'll be certainly be checking that number on Sunday morning, but it's kind of hard to get away from when you combine the likelihood that the Bucks are going to win that game and quite possibly by a lot, the price and just what it allows you to do otherwise, I think. So so if you guys are playing um, Fournette and Kamara, are you not playing Derrick Henry or not playing Cam Akers? It's going to be a mix and match those four guys, but I don't know if we need Derrick Henry in cash, but uh, I'm definitely going to have a lot of him in GPPs. I mean, I, we, we said, I, I said that last week and, you know, it backfired. So I'm kind of scared not to play him again, but th- there are, you know, just the reason I didn't play him last week is because there were so many quality running back plays for cash. And I think it's kind of the same story this week. 
it'd be no Cam Akers for me. I mean, I know what he's done workload wise the past couple of weeks, but there's, and I, I'm not saying he's going to be a bad play this week yeah. in fancy in general. Um, it's probably going to be a fine game for him, but there's at least a chance that he doesn't do anything special in this game against the Jets. That's much, a much better spot for passing than rushing. So I don't mind passing over Cam Akers here. Tyler, what else are you doing for GPP running back? I'm keeping it pretty chalky at running back. I'm going to have probably 100% Alvin Kamara. Going to have a lot of Derrick Henry. Going to have a lot of Cam Akers. I liked J.D. McKissick, but not as much with Alex Smith ruled out. So I don't know if I'm going to be playing him anymore. David Montgomery's price is too much. I'm not a Jonathan Taylor fan, so I don't think I can play him. The only other running back I'll mention is Miles Sanders, priced at $6,900. He had a monster game against New Orleans last week. The Saints have been a dominant rushing defense all season, and then all of a sudden Miles Sanders went over 100 yards, two touchdowns. I think he's underpriced against the Cardinals. I think the Eagles are going to keep it close. He's going to be probably in like 30% of my lineups this week. I definitely think it's worth considering him for tournament lineups. I do also think it's important to keep in mind that he got like 73% of his rushing yards on that one long carry. And otherwise it was like a 33 yard day on the rest of his carries. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with Tyler with a, uh, you know, heavy Alvin Kamara. I, I was going to play him in tournaments, even with Hill in there. So I'm, I'm a little mad with the breeze news. I think, you know, Kamara is going to be two or three times his own now, but I'm still going to have him. I'm going to have Kenny and Drake in tournaments for sure. Whether without Chase Edmonds, the two kind of, you know, flyer guys I'm going to consider J.K. Dobbins, 5900 bucks. you know, still in a committee, but it's basically a two-man committee now with Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And, and Dobbins is the clear leader. He's outcarried Edwards 24 to 14 over the last two games. I mean, we could see 40 total running back carries in this game from the Ravens if they want to go that way as big favorites against the Jags. So I think it's a decent price for Dobbins, you know, too expensive for cash, but worth considering in tournaments. And then uh, DeAndre Swift off the injury report this week. So maybe we get something closer to usage we saw from him in the game before the concussion. Um, his usage was okay last week, seven carries and five targets in the game that they played from behind throughout. They're going to be behind again in this game against Tennessee, but you know, that could mean, you know, six to eight targets for DeAndre Swift. Breaking news on the show, by the way, the Saints have ruled Michael Thomas out for this game. So, I mean, that oh, only goodness. enhances the target outlook for Alvin Kamara, kind of changes the picture for Drew Brees. Um, we'll get to wide receiver in a minute and see if Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith might be in consideration. <laughs> I don't think I've heard you guys mention Chris Carson, though, in the running back section. 6,800. He gets Washington. Uh, he had a lot more work in the team's loss against the Giants than he did in either his return from the foot sprain against the Eagles or last week in the blowout win over the Jets. So I think as long as this game stays competitive, Carson gets lots of work against Washington. And even if it doesn't get competitive, then he probably will have seen a lot of work in the first half. I think he's a multiple touchdown threat in this game. He's averaging a touchdown per game on the season. He's scoring both on the ground and as a receiver. So I think Chris Carson could be a, a sneaky guy ownership-wise this week. Yeah, I like Carson. I actually have him as a tournament play for the FanDuel show. Over to wide receiver for cash. I mean, I, I was going to say we have to talk about Michael Thomas, but now we don't have to because he's out. So, Tyler, what do you have for cash at wide out? Uh, I'm getting in on the sports books to rush to bet more on Kansas City minus three <laughs> and uh, money line minus 150. Uh, I, I feel pretty good about them beating the Saints now without Michael Thomas, but I, I still think it's going to be a close game. And I do like Traquan Smith a lot. Uh, he's definitely going to be a cash game play. And I might have him in like over 50% of my GPPs as well. Priced at $3,200, um, we could probably project him for the six to nine targets in a home game. We've seen him have a couple big games before, so he's going to be impossible to avoid in cash. 
Yep. And then I actually like Lynn Bowden a little bit too at $3,600. We don't have clarity on the Dolphins wide receiver situation just yet, but they have a ton of guys on the injury report. Uh, Mike Kosicki's on the injury report as well. So if he's the only guy left, uh, I think we're going to have to play him in cash as well. And then honestly, if we're paying down at those two positions, we will probably have the salary to to get both Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara in our cash game lineups. What are you doing with Lynn Bowden in GPP lineups? Probably take an underweight position. I don't love his ceiling, but I think he's a pretty safe bet for like 10 to 16 DraftKings points. Yeah, I'm, I would absolutely fade him over there because I, I think there's just a chance that there's not much offense in this game. Yeah. And you, you, you think somebody has to catch passes, but the leader of the Dolphins could easily have four catches in this game or less. I mean, the Patriots have recently shut down Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert. I certainly think they're capable of doing that to Tua. Yeah, and I, I expect Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant to play. They both got in three limited practices this week. Uh, Kasicki got in two limited practices. He seems a bit more iffy, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of off Bowden this week. You know, the cash line that I built right now, I have Traquan Smith in there. It was kind of reluctantly. I just had to punt the third wide receiver position. I had 3,200 left, put Traquan in there. He, you know, he's going to stay in there now with Michael Thomas out. There's really only two wide receivers I like, like in cash games, Brandon Ayuk, 6,300 bucks. And he's seen awesome volume volume already. Now Debo Samuel, George Kittle still out. Good match against the Cowboys. So I think Ayuk is a strong cash play. And then T.Y. Hilton, I've been fading him all season. I'm finally going to hop on board. You know, he's still only 5,500 bucks um, against a Texans team. I, I He always crushes the Texans. That I don't weigh that too heavily, but I mean, it's a good matchup this season with Bradley Roby out. We just saw Hilton have a good game against the Texans this season. So I think he's still underpriced at 5,500. I certainly agree with T.Y. Hilton. I certainly agree with Brandon Ayuk. Um, I also like Terry McLaurin though at 6,600. He's he's had just the three single digit PPR games all season and they came against three of the toughest defenses, uh, the Rams, the Steelers, and San Francisco most recently. This week he gets Seattle, which has been the best matchup for wide receivers. Dwayne Haskins is in there which has helped his target share. Um, Not having Alex Smith at quarterback has helped his target share. There's some risk, but there really just hasn't been nearly as much volatility for Terry McLaurin as you would expect with questionable quarterback play in Washington this year. So I think he's, he's fairly safe. I was a little bit disappointed that he's third in projected ownership among wide receivers this week. Lots of people on Terry McLaurin this week. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. Yeah, I I think he'd probably be a fade for me if he's going to be popular because I still think the floor is low. Yeah, I I agree with fading him in GPP because I don't think that he, I mean, the ceiling is, I guess, tougher to get to. It's still there, but I think with Haskins, it's less of a bet. And with that kind of ownership, I was hoping he was going to be like, you know, 5% off after the past two weeks. But it's clear that everybody's been waiting for Terry McLaurin to rebound from those two games. So on the GPP side, Tyler, what are you playing a wide out? I'm going to have a ton of exposure in this Chiefs and Saints game. Emmanuel Sanders is priced all the way down at $4,200. Tyree Kill's been getting an insane amount of targets. I still think Sammy Watkins is going to have a breakout game at some point. I am going to be using some DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think I'm going to use Kyler Murray, but I'm going to get exposure to Murray through DeAndre Hopkins, probably in lineups where I'm using Jalen Hurts. Besides that, I, I'm going to have a lot of Allen Robinson. I think I'm going to fade Brandon Ayuk this week. He's coming in as like the most projected uh, owned wide receiver on the week. And in a similar price range, I think I'm going to get a ton of leverage with Amari Cooper uh, home matchup against the Niners. So Amari Cooper tends to have these big games at home and he scored a touchdown in three straight games and he'll probably come in like under 5% owned and 
we've seen him have these blow up games before. So I'm probably going to have at least like 25% Amari Cooper and, and hope he uh, goes off with the red rifle. That's bold. I don't think I can play Amari Cooper this week. I'm also looking forward to playing a Kyler Murray, Jonathan Taylor lineup against Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the fact that Tyler's willing to play a Murray pass catcher is good enough for me. I mean, at least he's coming around a little bit on Kyler. I was surprised when I saw Cooper in your article. I mean, he's going to be low owned. I get it. I, I'm not sure he has the old upside, you know, that we've seen with Dak Prescott with Andy Dalton under center. But I mean, I don't know. I still, I like the player. Low owned, so I can't argue against it too much. I agree with fading Ayuk in um, tournaments if he's going to be, you know, 25 plus percent owned. I think basically any receiver that ownership is a good fade. Um, I want to have a lot of exposure to Tyree Kill in tournaments, even at the price tag. Um, I just think, you know, against that Saints secondary, I don't have much respect for it. You know, on, on the turf in what should be a high scoring game, I think Tyree could have one of his, you know, Tyree Kill blow up games. Two other guys, Corey Davis, 5,800 bucks. He was pretty popular last week, let everyone down. Um, you know, he still has a low floor as we've seen throughout the season, but he also has games of 20, 30, and 38 DraftKings points this season. I think the Titans can do whatever they want against the Lions defense this week. So, you know, maybe Derrick Henry only scores one touchdown and Corey Davis has a big game. And then uh, Matt's going to like this one, Michael Pittman, 4,800 bucks as just a pivot off of TY, who I do think is going to be popular. I think, you know, he's going to be, I don't know, four or five times as, as owned as Michael Pittman, you get some savings with Michael Pittman. He's still seen 19 targets over the last three weeks. It's only four fewer targets than T.Y. Hilton. So I think there's a chance that it's Pittman that has the big game against this horrible Texan secondary. Yeah, but you have to actually catch those targets and make some yardage for them to matter. I like the other side of that game with Brandon Cooks at 6,000 and Kiki Cutie at 5,300. I mean, they have the better quarterback in the matchup. I know that they're facing the tougher defense, but both of these guys are currently in single digits and projected ownership. Deshaun Watson threw for 341 yards the last time against the Colts without Will Fuller. Brandon Cooks left for a stretch of that game. I mean, we saw both Chad Hansen and Kiki Cutie go for 100 yards in that game, so... There's certainly upside to them. I'm a little surprised that Cutie's not headed for higher ownership, but it's probably because his price has spiked so yeah. much over the past couple of weeks. Um, but I still think there's plenty of upside to, to like both of those guys. Definitely also stacking that Saints-Chiefs game as well. And I'm, I'm glad that Traquan Smith actually has this factor pushing him forward because before this, I saw all of the 3K range options and none of them was standing out to me. Like there were plenty that I could play, but there was none that I – actually really wanted to play. And to me now, Traquan Smith is, is the guy that I'm playing in whatever format here. Yeah, I was deciding betr- between uh, Traquan Smith and Greg Ward this morning. So it was, it was a sad morning for me, but I, I feel better about Traquan now. Exactly. I was looking at those guys and thinking, I don't want either of you. I just want something in the 3K range. And yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a positive development, I think. Tight end for cash. Tyler, what are you playing? Jared Cook is going to make a lot of sense at $3,400. So it's going to look like I'm going to have like three or four Saints in my cash game lineup. I'm going to have Drew Brees, Kamara, Traquan, and probably Jared Cook. You're you're still going to play Brees in cash without Thomas? Yeah. Wow. He's not a cash concern. He, I, I won't play him in tournaments now either without Thomas. I just think, I mean, Thomas just, I don't know. I, I just, Thomas is just such a big part of what Brees does. I'll play him in tournaments. I agree that there's more risk in cash. For tight end, though, what are you playing in, in cash, Jared? Uh, Cole Komet is who I have now. I think I might try to get up to uh, Jared Cook. He's 3,400, right? Komet's at 3,000. Um, I mean, 17 targets for Komet over the past three weeks now. It, it doesn't sound like a huge number, but it's actually 10th most among tight ends over that span. Um, the matchup against Minnesota, it looks negative on paper, but Eric Hendricks is out again. They're, you know, primary tight end coverage guy. So I think it's, you know, a neutral to maybe even a positive matchup now. So, you know, cheap enough. I'm just going to play Komet 
in cash. Unless I can get up to Brandon Cooks, I do think he's a better play if I can find the 400 extra dollars. Yeah, I would call it a neutral matchup, and I think that Cole Komet becomes an option because Eric Kendrick is out. I think also in that price range, Jordan Cook or Jared Cook, as you guys mentioned, uh, Irv Smith at 3600, Dalton Schultz at 3200. You know, kind of similar. There's not a whole lot of ceiling on these guys, but uh, their options. If you look at the dollars per point projections, they say that Hayden Hurst should be in the mix at 3300, <laughs> but I think there's too much risk to him with three games of one catch or fewer among the past four. And I mean, before last week, I think we could say it's just variance and the Saints matchup holding him down. But last week we saw Luke Stocker play a season high snap share. So I think that there's further risk versus just, you know, that's football with what's happened with uh, Hayden Hurst numbers lately. I'm I'm done with Hayden Hurst for the season. <laughs> Tyler, uh, on the GPP side, what do you got? So I just wanted to throw it out there that so I'm going to have four Saints in cash. So I'm going to be extremely tilted when Taysom Hill and uh, Latavius Murray are, are getting rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that, that, that's, the other, anyway. that's the other thing with Breeze is, you know, Hill's going to remain involved and it's just annoying. You know, they get in the red zone and Taysom Hill's in the game and Breeze is out. Yeah, but um, I think it's just going to be Jared Cook and Travis Kelsey and that's going to be it at the tight end position. There's really not much I like besides that. Travis Kelsey's priced all the way up at 8000 but he's worth it. Pretty much scored 30 DraftKings points in five of his last six games, hitting the 100-yard bonus in five of his last six. And he's leading the league in yards, which is just incredible at the tight end position. So going to continue to leverage the field with him. Uh, I, I expect – I mentioned it briefly, but I expect the Chiefs to go pass heavy just against a, ru- a strong rushing defense. I think it's going to be a similar game plan that they had uh, against Tampa just a few weeks ago when Mahomes had over 300 yards by halftime. I certainly, uh, Travis Kelsey is always in play at 8,000 bucks and with Mark Andrews at 5,500. I don't know. I'm a little bit apprehensive about Kelsey facing the number two tight end coverage defense, which the Saints are now up to. They were even number three last week. So it's gotten better throughout the season. Like I said, it's Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to say anybody's going to shut him down, but I think there's a, a better than usual chance that Travis Kelsey is slowed a little bit this week. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be fine. I, I almost think you consider him like a flex play. You know, like if you consider him a high priced wide receiver and, you know, use him there, he makes sense still at that price tag. Um, Matt mentioned Irv Smith. I like him for tournaments, 3,600 bucks. Um, he was limited last week, you know, still had a nice game, but his snaps were limited last week, but he's off the injury report this week. So I think he's going to be a full go. Kyle Rudolph has been ruled out for this game and the bears have struggled against tight ends, 28th and adjusted points allowed to the position. So I like Irv Smith. And then yeah, Mark Andrews is the other guy. I like um, nine, seven and six targets over his last three games. You know, I, ever since Nick Boyle was lost for the season, that's sort of, you know, sadly been what's unlocked Mark Andrews to, you know, get, get him the role that he should have been all along and, you know, just a good matchup against Jacksonville, kind of another case, like I said, with Tennessee, where the, the Ravens can do whatever they want on offense. It's just, you know, who ends up getting the touchdowns for them. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson's only thrown 17 passes each of the past two weeks, but 13 of those went at Mark Andrews. So it's a 38% share. He's seeing decent target volume, even when Lamar Jackson is barely throwing the ball. So I, I like Mark Andrews at 5,500. I, I think I'll probably stop there as my ceiling for who I'm playing on the higher end at tight end. If I do have a Jared Goff lineup, I think that Tyler Higby at 3,800, Gerald Everett at 3,100 in play. You know, neither one's a good bet for targets, but each one does see targets and the matchup is great against the Jets. If we do get an absolute ceiling week from Jared Goff passing and less rushing from that team, I mean, both of these guys are threats to score touchdowns. Gerald Everett especially gets more involved near the goal line um, as opposed to other areas on the field. Over to Flex, Jared, what are you favoring? 
Yeah, I'm looking through, you know, not much we haven't talked about. Yeah, my, my like player pool is pretty small this week, and Cash, it's going to be, you know, three of the running backs we talked about. Um, I think the last guy we haven't really mentioned is Mike Evans, who still, I think it's priced pretty nicely at 6500 bucks. You know, he's led the Bucks in targets since Antonio Brown arrived, and he's, you know, the clear top option in the red zone. So I, I always think, you know, two touchdowns are in play for Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what about you? I actually do like Mark Andrews, so that would be my third tight end that I have in play. I only mentioned uh, the two of Travis Kelsey and Jared Cook, but uh, Andrews would be my third option. Same with Jared. It's going to be a tight player pool. I haven't mentioned Adam Thielen yet. I'll be using him in lineups where I play Mitch Trubisky and Allen Robinson. And then I still think AB is going to have a breakout game at some point, so I'll dabble on him in like 10 to 15% of my uh, tournament lineups. You should put Antonio Brown and Sammy Watkins in the same lineup. It's a good idea. There's no way they both hit. So <laughs> I don't know. That might be like uh, that might be like the kind of thing where you need to combine them to unlock right. the powers. <laughs> Maybe I got nothing else that we haven't already mentioned at the flex spot. What, do you think there's any chance that you guys are playing two tight ends here, like uh, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews in the same lineup, Tyler? Yeah, maybe 10 to 15% of my lineups. I don't mind the double tight end. I think Mark Andrews is underpriced, and he definitely has multi-touchdown upside. And then Kelsey just has upside for 100-plus yards every week, and he's been scoring 30 left and right. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, again, that's kind of what I was saying with, like, you know, maybe just considering Kelsey your flex, but, you know, maybe you play Irv Smith as a cheap tight end and then use Kelsey in the flex. On defense, I'm targeting Arizona primarily this week. No sacks for Jalen Hurts last week in his first start. Eight sacks, though, for the Arizona defense against the Giants last week. Carson Wentz, of course, has been the most sacked QB in the league this year. Jalen Hurts has little to work with in the passing game. So, I mean, he had a good game last week. They won the game. I could see it going differently this week. He did throw an interception at Green Bay two weeks ago, lost a fumble last week. So there have been turnovers in each of his appearances so far. Jared, what are you playing on defense? Yeah, I have Arizona here as a tournament play. Um, I'm going to try to go a bit cheaper in cash with Washington. I do like them less now that it's Dwayne Haskins. I think there's more of a chance that Haskins puts Washington's defense in a bad spot. And, you know, I mean, facing Russell Wilson is is scary. It's not ideal. But this is a pretty big D-line, O-line mismatch. Uh, Washington fourth in adjusted sack rate. Seattle 30th in adjusted sack rate allowed. And you also have the whole, you know, West Coast team traveling across the country for a one o'clock start. Seattle's only implied for uh, 25 points here. That's a pretty low total for the Seahawks. So I do think Washington's D will have some success. I don't think the Seahawks explode for, you know, 30 plus points in this game. Let's see it. Tyler, what are you playing on defense? I'm going to have Tampa at 3,000. I don't like Arizona defense at all, mostly because I had the Saints against Jalen Hurts last week, and (laughs) he's just running all over them. He only got sacked one time, didn't turn the ball over. So, I I mean, I think the Cardinals can generate some pressure, but Jalen Hurts just runs out of it. He led all QBs in rushing attempts for the season. I I just don't think he's going to take too many risks, and I think Philadelphia might actually win that game. So that's kind of why I'm not going to have Arizona exposure. I do think Tampa Bay is going to dominate the Falcons. So they're probably going to be my defense in cash and then my most heavily owned defense in GPPs. With no Julio Jones, they should be able to key in on Calvin Ridley. And if they double team Ridley or bracket him, I, I can't really see the Falcons moving the ball too much. They can't run the ball. Nobody can run on Tampa. And then Hayden Hurst hasn't done anything. And I don't even know if uh, – Zacchaeus or or Russell Gage will be able to do much of anything either. So I like Tampa Bay a lot. Besides that, I, I mean, I like the Rams. I think they make sense at 4,500. I think they can 
pitch a shutout against the Jets this week. So with a lot of value on the slate, I'm definitely going to have some some Rams in my lineup as well. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I certainly agree with the Bucks, And I absolutely agree that it's a boom-bust play uh, with Arizona against Jalen Hurts. Anything else on defense before we move on? Yeah, um, I want to mention the Patriots, $3,000. Yeah. Forgot about them. Uh, going up against a rookie quarterback, we yeah. saw what Bill Belichick did to Justin Herbert. And with all the Dolphins pass catchers banged up, I think that game's going to be extremely low scoring. But I also think the Patriots are going to confuse Tua quite a bit and probably force him into a couple turnovers. Yep. Um, I have Patriots, Bucks, and Cardinals as tournament defenses. The Rams, I'm sure they'll do fine, but I'm, I'm never paying 4500 for a defense. So before we head out of here, Tyler, what are you betting on this week? So Jared mentioned it in a tweet to me. Uh, we get a Saturday doubleheader, and we could tease the Bills down and then tease the Packers down both under a field goal. So basically you'll have Buffalo plus half a point and you'll have Green Bay minus two. Feel pretty good about both of them. Green Bay is just going all out trying to get Aaron Rodgers the MVP. It's a home matchup against a team that can't generate pressure, plays a lot of zone. I think Rodgers is going to pick the Panthers apart all day long. Uh, people are saying it's a it's a letdown spot for Buffalo, but uh, I just don't think Denver has enough offense or defense to really keep up with the Bills. Bets on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to be betting Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry overs no matter what their player prop is. I just think both of them are going to have huge games again. And then it's a pretty good teaser week again. I like teasing the Cardinals up to 12 points. Uh, we can tease the Seahawks down to a pick em, tease the Bucks down to a pick em. And then I like six and a half point teasers with KC because you'll get them plus three and a half. So I think they're going to win the game, but the six and a half point teaser allows them to lose by a field goal and still cover there. So I like that a lot as well. Tyler, just let us know when it's a bad teaser week. <laughs> I've been on fire, man. I'm like 13, freaking like 12 and three this year. Jared, right. do you got anything you're betting on this week? Yeah, I like the Saturday teaser. I actually, I put real money on that. So I'm riding that with Tyler. Um, I, have, I have a lot here, actually. I guess I'll, I should probably save some for the uh, FanDuel show. I'll, I'll give two away here. Um, I like the over in the Lions-Titans game. It's 51 and a half. Again, I think Tennessee puts up 35 plus. And I, I think... Tennessee's defense is bad enough. And even if it's Chase Daniel, I think he's good enough to, you know, put up 20 on the uh, Lions side. So that, that'll be enough to hit the over. And then um, San Francisco minus three against Dallas. I just, I you know Dallas is kind of thrown in the towel on the season. The Niners are still battling for a playoff spot. I think they'll win that game pretty easily. Be sure to join us on the FanDuel show so you can hear the rest of Jared's bets, but I'm definitely ending it here after he said that Chase Daniel is good enough. That's going to do it for the Week 15 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get cash game recommendations from Jared, to get tournament picks, top stacks from Tyler. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in round 15 of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at Draft Sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at Shauf DS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. And if you're listening to this podcast and would rather see our pretty faces in a video version, check us out on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook Live every Friday. Um, please like and or subscribe wherever you enjoy watching. We definitely appreciate the help. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us. Thank you.